0: Praise the Lord. Thanks for coming out tonight. Praise God. Jesus is in the midst. Amen. And I I announced that this morning we're going to be talking about processing His plan through prayer. Y'all know that, right? That God's got a plan for your life. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. God's got some awesome things in store for all of us. I really believe that. He has saved the best for last. He's not a God of regression. He is a God of progression. And He has some great things in store for us. And the good news is, He hasn't hidden them from us. God doesn't, He's not like that. He's not like, i am not. I got some wonderful things planned for you, but na na now, nah, now, nah, I'm not going to tell you. No, He doesn't operate like that. He wants us to know what His plans and His purposes are for us. We can know, amen? How many of you want to know and you want to walk in God's best? I believe that for sure. Well, you know what? We were praying recently and this came right out of my heart. Too many of my children are living outside of of my perfect will and plan for their lives. And then the Spirit of God said this, Don't settle for less than my best. Too many of my people are living outside of my perfect will and my plan for their lives. Don't settle for less than His best how many people had that attitude well i don't know if this is really god's will for me but you know we'll just test it out no the other thing that the lord said is don't make your own plans and then ask me to bless them ask me what the plans are then they're already blessed isn't that a better way to live Lord, I have no idea what you want me to do with my business. I have no idea, you know, what you want me to do in this relationship. So I'm just going to step out and I'm just going to go, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, you know, and whichever way it falls, however it lands, and then I'm just going to hope that it was right and ask you to bless it. No, living for God doesn't have to be a shot in the dark. We can know His plan. And His purpose. And we can walk in His perfect will. We don't just have to uh, have an acceptable will. Well, it's just okay. No. Do you want God's best? I know I do. Hallelujah. So as I was praying about this, that came up the title, Processing the Plan Through Prayer. And so I looked up process. And some of the synonyms for process are advance. To make advancement. Or to make progression. So when we are praying out God's plan. Praying in the spirit. You know what you're doing? You're making progress. You're advancing. We know as children of of God. We need to advance the kingdom of God. By telling people about Jesus. But God wants us to advance. He wants us to make progress in our lives, in our walk with Him. He wants us to go to higher dimensions in Him. Did you know that? God doesn't want us staying on the same plane. A few years ago, our spiritual father, Brother Hagen, said this, There are dimensions of the Spirit that the church needs to move into before the coming of the Lord. Through the power of the Holy Ghost and prayer... It's how the church will begin to access these dimensions. Do you think that you know everything there is to know about God? Do you think that you've arrived in your prayer life? I don't care if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 50 years. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost over 50 years. And I know that I need to make progress. I know that I need to continually press in... Pray in the Holy Ghost and develop my spirit, man. As we were uh, worshiping and at the end of worship, that's why I just for a few minutes just exhorted you. Jude 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In the Amplified, it says, rising higher and higher. Praying in tongues is a spiritual exercise and it gets us in tune with what's in our heart. And it causes us to be more aware of the things of the spirit and not just live constantly out here in the natural. Now, there's lots of familiar passages I'm going to read to you tonight. I know this is, this is the elite group. This is the cream of the crop. This is the Sunday night group. And you've heard me share these scriptures. But you know, there's always new revelation in the Word of God. So I encourage you to hear it with your heart like you never heard it before. And say, Lord, speak to me about those passages. So when we're talking about processing the plan of God through prayer and making advances in the realm of the Spirit... Immediately, I think of Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 13. And I'm going to read it out of the NIV. So it might be a little different than what your Bible reads. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. Isn't that good news right there? God knows that He has some awesome things in store for all of His children. And I love how it says plans to prosper you. He wants you to have the best job you can have, He wants you to have a nice place to live in, He wants you to have a good car. We're not about things. We're not seeking things. But the Bible is very clear. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then these what? Things. All these things will be added unto you. Things are not the object of our love and our affection. But if we are seeking Him first, He wants to prosper You, Amen. Let's go back to Jeremiah there, guys. Thanks for getting that up there. But Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. There's so many people, especially younger ones, the millennials. It's like no hope. What's the use? What's the use of seeking, getting a career? What's the use of planning for my future? You know, there's not any future for America. There's not any hope for me. Yes, there is hope thou in God. Amen? And your future is bright, always bright in Him. Hallelujah. So how are we going to discover these wonderful plans He has for us? Well, the answer is found in verse 12 and verse 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Jeremiah twenty nine twelve. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. God knows what He's got in store for you. And He knows that He's got a bright future for you. But He wants you to know it also. And how are you going to discover it? By calling on Him. By coming to Him. By seeking Him with your whole heart. Again, I know I'm preaching to the choir. But somebody here must need to hear this. And we all need to be reminded of these vital truths. God's got an awesome plan for each and every one of us. He's got a course. And He wants you to find that course. And He wants you to live in His best. Hallelujah. And enjoy what He has prepared for you ahead of time. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? We quote this scripture quite often as well, but Jeremiah 33.3. When I was a kid, they always said this was God's phone number because it says, Call, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. If you want a simple definition of prayer, it would be call. Call me. Seek me talk to me hallelujah that's what prayer is it's communing with him it's talking to him and it's letting him talk back to us as well and when we call he said call and i will answer i'm so glad that you can call on him in your midnight hour. You can call on Him in the early morning hour. You can call on Him 24-7 and you're never, ever going to get a busy signal. And you're never, ever going to get, you know, hey, a voice message. Hi, this is God. I'm sorry. I'm unavailable right now. Please call back. Leave me a message. I'll get back with you as soon as I can. No, you're not going to get that or you're not going to get an answering service. Sometimes I get so aggravated. You know, you're trying to call and make an appointment with somebody and finally you get through and you think, Yay! I finally got through and you start asking them questions. Well, this is just their answering service. I'll have them call you back. What? <laughs> That's not any good way, good thing, is it? But God says, if you call, I will answer. And I'm pretty sure, you know, God's ahead of any kind of technology that we have down here. I'm pretty sure He probably does have caller ID, but I'm glad that when we call and our name pops up, that God doesn't say, oh, Holy Ghost, oh dear. Oh man, don't, that's Montgomery, don't pick up. Uh, no the whole you know (laughs) God doesn't have call he probably does have caller ID and that's all we'll say about that but you know you know know. somebody calls and you're like ah kids run don't answer the phone it's so and so God's not going to do that call unto me and I will answer you. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. When we call, we're assured that you do hear and you do answer and you do respond. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. As a matter of fact, 1 Peter 3.12. I like this scripture. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open To their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And His ears are open to His prayers. You're sitting in here tonight. You might say, well, but I'm not righteous. Yes, you are. If you're born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you've got right standing with Him. And when you call, He answers. Hallelujah. And when He speaks, we ought to listen. It's a two-way street. He answers us, but and we ought to listen to what He has to say when we call upon Him. Amen? And then it says, His ears are open. To our prayers. Right. He's listening. He's paying full attention when we pour our hearts out That's to good. Him. Amen. Years ago, Pastor Mark and I were sitting in an airport and we were waiting to board a plane, and there was this guy sitting there and he had a cell phone up here and he looked like he was so bored and he was half asleep. And every once in a while, he'd go, mm hmm, <laughs> okay. And Pastor prophetically said, you know, I bet he's talking to his wife and she has no idea. He's not listening to a word that she's saying. And people can be rude like that. They can pretend that they're listening to you. Hmm. Okay. But you know that they're not paying a bit of attention to what you're saying. You can say, uh, okay, so what do you think about that? Um, could you repeat that? Because you know they weren't listening. You're never going to get that from God. He loves us. And He honors what you have in your heart. And He wants you to pour out your heart to Him. He already knows those deep yearnings in your heart. So just find that time to draw near and just be honest with him and run to him and share those deep desires down in your heart or those deep concerns. His ears are open. His eyes are watching over us. He wants to respond to his children. There's many biblical Uh, examples of this but this is one of my favorite it's about the children of Israel you know the background there that they had they had been in Egypt for 400 years they had been slaves there and the time of their deliverance was at hand and they began to cry out to God in Exodus chapter 2 this is a portion of the story Exodus 2 verse 23 now it happened in the process of time That the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel, they groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. And so God heard their groaning, verse 24, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob and god looked upon the children of israel and god acknowledged them Amen. they'd had enough they were slaves they'd been in this horrible bondage and they begin to cry out for deliverance have you ever felt like that have you ever been in a situation where you're like this is it i've had enough we've been we've been running out of money more than month for long enough, in the name of Jesus, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of this sickness and disease attaching itself to my body. Lord, I'm crying out for deliverance. And that's all right to do that. He's listening. He wants us to. You know, when it, even when it comes to our nation, we ought to be fed up. With all of the garbage that's going on in our nation. Of all those that say, you know, they're going to steer our nation in this direction. I'm not on my watch. We, as the people of God, ought to say, enough is enough. In God we trust. Our nation was founded on godly principles. And just a few talking heads on television or some politicians, they're not going to get us off track. We're not going to get off course in our individual lives. And we ought to have that same attitude about our nation. Our nation has a destiny. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We were raised up and we're going to cry out for deliverance from unreasonable and wicked men. It's not going to go that way. They're not speaking for me. They're not speaking for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I think it's interesting that the Bible says that they groaned. They were crying so deeply that they groaned within themselves for deliverance. Did you know that groaning is something that is just too deep to be uttered by words? The Bible talks about it in Romans 8, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit, He comes alongside together with us and He gives us utterance and groanings too deep for words. That's a heartfelt cry. And that ought to be the way that we approach God. He knows everything about you. He knows your thoughts. You can't fake it with him. You can't come to him with fake news of, Oh, Lord, I'm so wonderful and I'm so awesome and I've never missed it. And he's like, uh, I created you. I know you. I know your very inner thoughts. I know everything about you. So just be honest with me. And when you start to think about how much you need Him, sometimes all you can do is just groan. You can just cry out to Him with, Lord, I need you. Anybody in here need Jesus? Anybody in here need the help of the Holy Ghost? You need divine intervention. Amen? And when we get to that point of, Lord, I'm pouring out my soul to you. It's not like we go in his presence and we're weeping tears of self-pity. That doesn't cut anything. But tears are a language that God does understand. And sometimes if you can't express in words, that's why it's so awesome to be able to pray in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost. He will give us that utterance. But sometimes you just need to sit quietly in His presence. Sometimes you're just overwhelmed, not with bad circumstances, but has anybody just been overwhelmed with the goodness of God? When you think about what the Lord has done, and you just get in His presence, and you can just pour out your heart, you can lift up your hands, and you can just wait for the gratefulness of what He has done for you. So God understands. All these expressions of our heart. If we're crying out, if we're groaning, if we're praying, He hears, He cares, and He understands. So the Bible says, when the children of Israel, they groaned because of this bondage that they were being afflicted with, that God did something. He responded to their cry. He found Moses on the back side of the desert. And he called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And it was quite a dialogue that began to take place between Moses and God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, And the Lord said, he's talking to Moses now, about getting them out of this place of bondage. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their what? Cry. Their cry. Because of the taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. The cry went up. And what did God do? Verse 8. I love this. Amen. So I have come down. Woo hoo When we cry unto him, Lord, we need deliverance. We need deliverance in our nation from unreasonable and wicked men. Lord, we need deliverance from this sickness and this disease. Look what happens. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites. (laughs) Parasites. (laughs) All these ites. He's going to deliver them. Hallelujah. Prayers and cries of faith go up. And God comes down as I was reading that scripture yesterday I just so big in my heart that God comes to bring deliverance he came to bring deliverance from them from the hand of the Egyptians Egyptians I object to the Egyptians how about you anyway today we're oppressing them And it just came up in my heart yesterday that God is not the author of oppression. He doesn't want anybody in an abusive relationship. He doesn't want anybody under the control and the oppression of anybody else. Those are characteristics of the devil. And when he heard them crying out because of oppression, he came down To deliver them. And he came down, it said, to bring them out of bondage and to bring them into his kingdom. Literally, into their promised land. He comes down to bring us up up into a higher place. We read that about what Brother Hagen said. At this end of the age, we as the church, we need to be walking in a higher dimension. Why is that? Because the devil has stepped up his game. He is defeated, but we can tell he has stepped up his game because he knows that his time is short. So if he stepped up his game, church... We need to step up our game. He cannot stop us if we will walk in our God-given authority. But the good news is, we can stop Him. We can stop the attacks of the enemy. And when He tries to keep us out of God's best and throw up all of these hindrances, what do we do? No, in the name of Jesus... You are defeated. You're not keeping me out of my place that God has for me. And that verse, it said, he brought them out into a good land, a large land. That means they had more territory. They had greater influence. Hallelujah. If you, uh, if you want to have a more territory, perhaps more land, you need to claim this. God wants to enlarge my territory and my influence. He wants to deliver me from oppression of the enemy. And He wants to bring me into a large land. He wants to bring me into a place flowing with milk and honey. What does that speak of? That speaks of provision. Provision. There's a big harvest to be reaped in this day and in this hour. And for that to happen, God's got to have his people in their place, in their wealthy place, in their place where provision is flowing into their lives so they can in turn put it back into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Any of you believe that? It's time. For mighty, mighty harvest. Glory to God. And as we pray, and as we process the plan of God, not just for our individual lives, but what He wants to do in the earth, what are we doing? We're changing the atmosphere. You and I are atmosphere changers. Glory to God. We ought to affect what's going on in our world. Amen? Amen. We can have an impact. You might not ever leave the United States and go to another nation, but you can go around the world on your knees changing things, setting in motion what God wants to do in this day and in this hour. You and I are not always going to be doing what we are doing right now. This part of what we're doing now life here on earth is the shortest thing we'll ever do even if you live to be 150 years old compared to eternity but what we do right here in this little sliver of time it affects eternity and it affects our wor- our rewards amen So we're going to do our part. How about that? Are you going to agree with that? We are going to do our part. And one of the things that we can do, we can pray. I like to study what God has done in the past because it encourages me, if He did it then, He'll do it again. Every single major move of God was always preceded by prayer it's good for us to pray on a bigger scale God's concerned about your needs he wants you to pour your heart out of course about what's going on in your life but we need to stretch we need to broaden our territory as it were in the realm of the spirit we need to be praying about the big picture when we pray about what God wants to do in the earth guess what he's going to take care of you If we'll pray about what God's got on His heart, He'll take care of what's in your heart. That's how it works. So recently, I was reminded of some moves of God. And it just struck me that I needed to share this tonight with you guys. And as I was hearing about this, these particular ones, I was like, I've been alive for all of these. That's awesome some of you have to some of you were alive before some of them but anyway how many of you have heard of a man by the name of smith wigglesworth he was an uh, anointed preacher in england during the 1930s and anyway he started out as a plumber but he got filled with the holy ghost and the power of god came on him tremendously man of god i don't know how many people were raised from the dead under his ministry but many were documented that they were raised from the dead and there was a young man that went over to england and he was studying there and he uh, was being mentored by brother smith wigglesworth and this young man's name was lester summerall anybody ever heard of lester summerall so lester summerall was there and he had this close relationship with Smith Wigglesworth. And I'm just going to read the rest of this. The year was 1939. World War II was about to break out. A young Lester Summerall was working at a Bible school in England. He had developed a very close relationship with a mighty man of God named Smith Wigglesworth. Brother Summerall went to visit Smith Wigglesworth for the last time because all non-English citizens were required to leave the country immediately. During this final visit, Wigglesworth began to prophesy. I see it! I see it! I see it! Brother Samaral asked, what do you see? And he said, I see A healing revival coming right after the war. It will be so easy to get people healed. And then he goes on to say, Brother Lester, I won't be here for it, but you will. This is the healing revival that began in 1947. That's the same year that Smith Wigglesworth went home to be with the Lord. Started in 1947 and it lasted through 1958. Wigglesworth continued to tell Brother Lester, I see another wave. I see people of different denominations being filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the charismatic renewal. Of the 1960s, anybody in here got saved or filled with the Holy Ghost during the 1960s charismatic renewal then Brother, ha- uh, brother continued brother um, Wigglesworth we 'll call him Smith, Brother Smith continued. I see another move of God. I see auditoriums full of people coming with their Bibles and their notebooks. This will be a wave of teaching on faith and healing. Anybody remember that? During the 70s, the Word of Faith movement. How many people would just flock to independent meetings to be taught the Word of God. I'm one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then Brother Smith continued, And after the third wave, I see the fourth, and I believe it's the final wave. I see the last day's revival that is going to usher in the precious fruit of the earth. It will be the greatest revival this world has ever seen. It's going to be a wave with, of the gifts of the Spirit. The ministry gifts will flow. I see hospitals being emptied out as people bring the sick to churches where they allow the Holy Ghost to move. Hallelujah! I got excited as I was reminded of this. And the thing that excited me was, wow, I have witnessed firsthand. Well, I was just a baby at the end of the healing revival. But the others witnessed firsthand. And it happened just like the man of God sought. It came And what excited me in my heart is if those things came to pass, why in the world would we for a moment doubt that we are not going to see this fourth wave? Hallelujah! Of miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to see it if we believe it. We're going to see it if we contend for it. We have to pray. We have to process the plan. And this goes right along. If you have Brother Kenneth E. Hagin's book, Be- Tongues Beyond the Upper Room, toward the end of the book, he shares something that's very similar. He said, I see a fourth wave coming. God is calling us to answer his call to pray in these days. Jesus is coming soon. But before he comes, there is something he wants to do. And what he does in this earth, he will do Through us, his body. Point to yourself and say, That's me. What God wants to do in this earth, in these last days, he's going to do through me. I'm part of his body. And this just confirms what Brother Smith saw, Brother Hagen saw the same thing. We have seen the wave called the healing revival. We have seen the wave called the charismatic movement. We have seen the wave of teaching of God's word. But now there is another wave coming. It's a wave of the Holy Ghost. It's a wave of the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, we've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited fashion. But there is a wave coming that will bring us Bring His power on a higher level. New dimensions in Him. Hallelujah. And in a far greater measure than we have seen heretofore. I can see that way, way out yonder on the deep waters. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The waves of the Holy Ghost, they are building higher and higher. I'm convinced, Brother Hagen said that it is coming will be that that wave that is coming is twice as high as the healing wave, the charismatic wave, or the faith wave. In fact, it will be twice as high as all of them put together. I believe it's going to be the wave that sweeps us right on into the shores of the glory world. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up. Hallelujah. Now I know some of you, this just doesn't do a thing for you. But we have to stir ourselves up you got to know who you are. you got to know the season in which we are alive. God has honored you and He has privileged you to be alive in this day and in this age. Don't waste your time on things that don't matter. Don't get bound up in wrong relationships. Don't get bogged down with the cares of this world. Folks, there's a bigger picture. Oh, my, my. There's a higher calling. There's a greater cause there. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to stir ourselves up? Is there not a cause to contend for God's best? Don't sit, don't sit on the river banks, don't sabaki no don't allow yourself to be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in the affairs of this life. Oh, things of the spirit. The things of the spirit are so much more real. And ibaku shuli tamrendalata atadoprasita. If you oh just a start praying in the Holy Ghost, pray in your known tongue if you don 't pray in the spirit, oh it 's time it 's time it 's time it 's time. It's time.